And now listen to this portion of God's story. Let us remember together from this book that we love, from the book of Exodus, chapter 2, verse 23. After a long time, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned under their slavery and cried out. Out of the slavery, their cry for help rose up to God. God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God looked upon the Israelites, and God took notice of them. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come. I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, If I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this my title for all generations. This is the gift of God's word. Thanks be to God. I have no idea why God called me to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. It's been 3,000 years. I've had a long time to think about this. And I still cannot give you one good reason why God gave me that job. I can give you a lot of good reasons why God should not have given me that job. And the biggest reason, in my mind, is that I was a bad person. 
I killed a man. I did. I killed a man. I saw one of the Egyptian slave masters beating and beating on one of the Hebrew people, one of my brothers and sisters, my people. You see, my mother and father were Hebrew. And when Pharaoh and all of Egypt was demanding that they throw all of their boy babies into the Nile to drown, my mother put me into a basket and hid me in the Nile. And the daughter of Pharaoh found me and took pity on me. And she found my mother and allowed my mother to nurse me when I was little. But I was raised in Pharaoh's court, and I saw it all. I saw how cruelly my people were treated by the Egyptians. And I just couldn't stand by and just watch anymore. I couldn't just stand there and watch when this slave master was beating up one of my own people. I had seen it too many times, and I just snapped. It was like a righteous rage. And I pulled that man off, and I started hitting him and hitting him and hitting him, and I couldn't stop. And I'm not proud of it, but he was dead. Pharaoh found out about it. I had to run for my life. I ran to another country called Midian, and I was fortunately welcomed into this wonderful family, and that's where I met my wife. And that's where I became a shepherd, taking care of her father's sheep. And we raised our children. And the last thing on my mind was going back to Egypt. I was an outlaw. I was wanted, a wanted man in Egypt. So I was shocked not only to come upon in my shepherding to come upon this amazing bush that was filled with flames and it wasn't burning. I was shocked because here I was, 80 years old, no longer young. And yet I heard God speaking to me, calling me by name, Moses, calling me by name and saying, I have seen my people suffering. I've heard their cries. I see how they're oppressed by the Egyptians. I have come down. I will deliver them out of that land into a wonderful new land, spacious and broad. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Me? Me? Why would Pharaoh even allow me into his presence? And why would Pharaoh listen to me? God's simple response was, I will be with you. And you will know because you will come back to this mountain with all the people and you will worship me here. Then I said, well, why would the Hebrew people listen to me? I was not raised with them. I did not suffer with them. I've been in Midian for four years, 40 years. Why would they believe me? What if they don't believe me? What if they say, we don't think the God of our ancestors really did talk to you? And all of a sudden, God started working these miracles. And my staff turned into a snake and then back into my staff. And my hand got diseased, and then my hand was suddenly restored. And I took drops of water, and I threw them on the ground, and they turned into blood. And God said, they'll believe you. I'll work all these miracles, and they'll believe you. I said, but I, I am not good at speaking. I am not persuasive. I don't have any confidence. I don't have any abilities. 
How in the world can I go to the most powerful man in the world and say, I think you should set all your slaves free? God said, Moses, who gave you speech? Who created your mouth? Who makes mute and deaf or blind and seeing? Is it not I? Go now, I will be with your mouth. Then I started begging. Please, God, I am begging you, please send somebody else. You know, I really don't know why God didn't strike me dead right then, but God kept working with me and said, what about your brother Aaron? He speaks well. I'll send Aaron with you, and I'll be with his mouth, and I'll be with your mouth, and I'll teach you what you are to say. But I kept arguing. What if I go to the people and they say, okay, who put you in charge? Who will I say sent me? And then I was given God's name. You know, in our Hebrew culture, your name reveals the deepest truths about you. My name, Moses, means to draw out because I was drawn out of that Nile for God's purposes in the world. And from that bush, I was given God's name, a name so holy that we don't even say it out loud among my people. We only use the consonants, Yahweh. I am who I am is the way God was introduced to me. You tell them, I am has sent you to them. I'm here this morning because I want to tell you about I am who I am. Not me, but the God who is revealed in that name. You know, my greatest problem all along was that I was taking myself more seriously than I was taking God. When I was at that bush, all I could think about was who I was, or actually, who I was not. And God kept trying to tell me, Moses, it's not about who you are. It's about who I am. And now I know that. I did not know that then. I am hoping, as I'm here with you today, that you will believe me when I tell you what I have discovered about I am. First thing I want to tell you is that I have discovered that God sees our suffering and cares. God sees our suffering and cares. I heard God's heart over and over again. The cries of my people have come to me. I have seen their suffering. I see how the Egyptians are oppressing them. Their cries have risen up to me. Over and over, I heard God's heart. God does see. God does care. And you today, when you are here in this place, you may have your own suffering. You may be suffering a lot. And it may have been going on for a long time. Or you may know people who are suffering and you wonder, is God doing anything about it? I am is on the side of the oppressed, is fighting for them and wins and cares. I didn't have to take matters into my own hand and kill that Egyptian. God was already on it. 
not working in my time, not working in my way, but God is fighting, and God is winning, and God is calling all of us to be a part of that liberating work of God. Isn't that what we know about our Messiah Jesus? God sees. God cares. God is fighting for those who are suffering and winning and leading us out. The other thing I discovered about our I am, our great God, is that God always does what God promises to do. I was given so many promises by God at that bush. I will be with you. I will be with your mouth. I will work great miracles. I will lead the people out of Egypt into a new land. Impossible things. I didn't believe them until I actually saw them, and still it was hard to believe. And maybe you find it hard to trust anybody, especially God, because things have gone so wrong. But God's name is a promise that always comes true, a power that is always greater than the fears that are chasing you. You know what? This is what we talked about together. When I was with Jesus, the prophet Elijah, on that mountain of glory right before Jesus' darkest hour, you know what we talked about? I am who I am. I am who will deliver you from the greatest powers of hell. Fear not. God did deliver us. God did raise up Jesus. God will save you and help you, and help those you love. I hope you believe me. Another thing that I discovered about I am is how accessible our God is. Yes, it was holy ground, and yes, I took my shoes off, and yes, I hid my face, afraid that the consuming fire of God's Shekinah glory would consume me. But there was also something very inviting about that presence, drawing me closer to an intimacy, to a nearness with God. God had come into my world. God had come into my barren landscape. And God's holiness did not push me away with all of my fears and all of my questions and all of my insecurities. No, God kept inviting me nearer and nearer and closer and closer. And I could be honest with God. I could tell God everything that I was thinking. Why is it getting worse before it gets better? Why did you send me? All the way along, I could be honest with God, and God was always answering me, saying, I'm with you. I will provide. And God did provide. And the greatest thing was not God's provision, which was great. It was God's nearness. It was the openness. It was the conversation. It was the intimacy. I am. You know, I didn't get to go into the promised land. After all those years, 40 years, they were not fun years. They were miserable. They were hard. And we were almost there. And then God said, you will now hand everything over to Joshua. He'll take it from here. And my life on earth ended 
out there in the wilderness. And a lot of people said, poor Moses. He didn't get to go into the promised land. But don't feel sorry for me. In a very real way, the promised land was already with me at that burning bush, when I stood before Pharaoh, when I was cornered and we were all cornered at the Red Sea, every step of the way through the wilderness, I am was with me. I didn't have to go somewhere else to find the promised land, and neither do you. Neither do you. All you have to do is not take yourself more seriously than you take God. The one who sees you and the suffering in this world, the one who is completely trustworthy, the one who is calling you closer, closer than you can possibly imagine. I am.